This is Company. I'm Sky Manson. Company is a podcast produced in rural Australia, bringing together ambitious women from the bush, the cities, and all over the world. Today's guest is Elise Croker from Crookwall in the Southern Tablelands of New South Wales. And I've got to admit, have a complete girl crush on this woman. She is so clever. She is a fixer-upperer and what she does with run-down old homes and the beauty that she creates is absolutely fascinating to me and a work of art. Not to mention the fact that she is a genius when it comes to op shopping and getting the most out of her local Vinnie's store. Her latest project is Mr Munro, an old worldy style B&B in the main street of Crookwall. But it's not her first project, she's also converted an old building on their farm, El Dorado Cottage, which she now sells out to people everywhere who want a little off the grid country escape. I sat with Elise on a really cold winter's day in front of the fire with a cup of tea at Mr Monroe to learn more about her story. Hi Sky, I'm Elise Croker. It's so nice to meet you. Um, we live on our family farm with my husband Craig and our four children, Bridie, William, Sophie and Mia. Um, and welcome to our new B&B, Mr Monroe in Crookwell. Where we're sitting, Sky, is actually the, it's the old shop actually. Um, it was, this building was built for a tailor in 1890 called Mr Monroe, hence the name Mr Monroe. And he worked here for about 30 years with his wife. And after, after him, I think there might have been a jeweller here and then an optometrist. And, and in recent years, there was a cafe and bakery. And so, yeah, we've decided to revamp this space. Yeah, we're just sitting in this most cosy room. We're on some beautiful old Victorian velvet chairs and there's a beautiful fire burning in front of us so we just had a lovely cup of tea. I'm so interested to know what made you take the plunge into this building which of course looked nothing like it does today when you took it on. Yeah well I always love a project and I love being creative and it our family were traveling around Victoria in a caravan a couple of years ago and I was looking at all these country towns thinking these are amazing there's great place great old buildings great places to stay and I just said to Craig I really I think I want another project um and so I was banging on about that for a while (laughs) and um Craig said well well what what sort of project would you like and I said well I want something that's a little different something a little outside of the box not just a standard house and he said well what about in the main street of Crookwell there's you know there's a lot of vacant buildings and I said you know what I think you're right and I straight away messaged my friend who's a real estate agent who happens to live next door and said is that building is it what's it doing is it for sale is it vacant and anyway she said nope come and have a look so when we got back from our caravan trip um, it was actually even the next day, and it was on my birthday too, actually. Oh. <laughs> I thought, this is meant to be. Yes. Um, 
we had a look and in inside it and it was cold and it was dark and damp and it just went on and on out the back and I thought you know what I love this place I can see potential I can see it's got great bones it had still some of the Victorian features with the plaster arch in the hallway and I was really hopeful that it had original boards underneath but I didn't go looking too hard that day and so I saw it and I loved it and I knew that it had to be ours. Did you buy it on the spot? <laughs> I, said, I said to my friend, can I, yeah, can I buy it now? Uh, it took a little bit of negotiating, um, but eventually we did, yes, yeah, so it was great. And as a complete side note, how good a holiday is for inspiration? So good, yeah, holidays are great. That's where I get so many of my, my ideas from. It's mainly the, what gives me the most inspo is how I feel in that particular space, and I think... I feel so good. Why do I feel good? And it's usually, it looks good. It feels good. You've got you've got tac- like tactile things, you know, maybe velvet chairs or nice tapware. But also, it looks good and it's alive with plants, and that really inspires me to create um, spaces. So yeah, and travel of late has been a bit <laughs> few and far between, yeah. but that's where we are. So tell me about the feeling that you got when you first stepped in here. Uh, when we first stepped in here, <laughs> I was cold. <laughs> it was freezing because it was actually this time two years ago that I, that we stepped in here. So we were really cold. Um, but I felt the history and I felt the building really needed some love. That was I, I just felt the bones were cold and I was crying out for some love and attention. And... I could see, yeah, I could see that it had, I had this potential and it needed some love. And so that's, that's sort of what grabbed me at first. And so how did you work out what kind of a space you wanted to create here and how things would look inside? Oh, that's a good question, Sky. I, I'm a massive dreamer. So I've, and I, I've always been, had this particular pull to Europe and in the UK. So I looked to London for a lot of inspiration and, and to Europe because they have townhouses similar all over Europe and, and London, England. So I was inspired by the way that they could live in a modern day but in a, in a very historic building. Mm. Um, so I read articles and I searched through Pinterest, I searched um, through homeware books and um, yeah, so that's basically where I had my inspiration from is just travel and the bones and the history of places. Yeah. When you bought it and you exchanged um, and you, before you had the chance to actually get into it and get your hands into it what did you want the space to look like or were you open to just evolving with it as it came together over time I suppose Sky, I wanted it to feel like an old world charm feel you know you I wanted the feel to be as if you could be in London or you could be in Melbourne or you could be in Sydney you just you you wouldn't feel as though you're in Crookwell. Um, and so I wanted to pay homage to the history of the building as well. So I'd, I wanted to bring in a lot of the Victorian 
features, but obviously in a modern day sense. So, you know, for example, having old books and um, and artwork and you know pieces that have been made with love is what I hoped for for this building when I first started planning it in my head. Um, I also though wanted a bit of a boho textural feel too like I wanted to add pattern I wanted to add color I wanted to be fun and I didn't want to be too serious so in this front area here where we're in we're in the lounge room in front of a big fire so the fire it's like a it's like a modern type of a fire um in amongst old world type furniture and so my thoughts here were if I could if I could use it I would so rather than throwing things out or pulling up floors or doing things like that if I could work with it I would and that was I wanted to go with a sustainable angle as well um, without creating too much waste because the bones were great and I felt I could really work with them and then the area out the back which is kind of like the studio it was it was more fun and boho and textual so I wanted to I wanted to I wanted it to be to look good, feel good, and smell good, and I wanted it to be really tactile. So, it had um, the bricks exposed out the back in the kitchen, which I really loved, and I feel like that shows a sense of history and and how old the building is. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it, there's lots of dark furniture, which is old antique furniture, but then it's so beautifully mixed with pieces of kind of everyday timber. Um, and there's lots of old um, rugs, like Turkish rugs, and the colours are very dark. Um, I reckon you've just got such a unique style of what you've mixed together here. Yeah, thanks, Guy. I th- I've been thinking, I wonder what my style is, and I, I think it is that old world, but a little boho as well. So it's kind of a little left of centre, <laughs> maybe like myself. Um, but and, and then I thought, you know, I wanted to bring in some new modern things as well as the the antique furniture and and things I've collected in my travels. It just adds a friction from old and new, and it just gives that it gives that bit of a twist of okay, this we are in the modern day, but we could potentially be a hundred years ago as well. Um, Tell me about the bathroom you've created. So the bathroom upstairs, it was really dark and dingy. Um, so what I wanted, we, we didn't actually change the footprint of the bathroom. We just opened it up into another existing dark room that had no natural light. Um, and it just transformed it. So obviously we've, we found original floorboards, which just adds that character and it just makes it feel really nice. And... And they are so beautiful. As original floorboards go, they look like they're beautifully worn and the colour is gorgeous. Yeah, thanks, Guy. I really do love them. Um, I did a little bit of research on them as well and they're cowrie pine and in the late 1800s there was a pine plantation in the Atherton Tablelands and they would, they'd mill it and they'd bring it, ship it all the way down to Sydney. So a lot of the places in Paddington and Surrey Hills have got the same flooring. Oh. Yeah, so it's just that, that wide floorboard. And it just, I think it makes the building, it just really is the heart and soul of the building. Mm. Um, it just adds the warmth and it also shows the history and the age as well. It just 
something about it that really just sings, I think. We kept the original footprint of the bathroom buying bits about three by three. So we, um, I wanted it to feel less clinical than your ordinary, you know, white bathroom with the straight lines. And so I incorporated it into a parlour room. So now when you walk into the bathroom, it's got the original floorboards and then you step up into a wet room and it just... Uh, just a little bit it's just a little bit different it's got um I love wallpaper and so it has um the peacock uh, some peacock wallpaper in it. it's like a, it sounds a bit gaudy but it's a brass and black gilded um wallpaper and peacocks were I, I wanted to have it as a nod to the Victorian era mm. yeah um where'd you get it from it was from Cole and Son yeah that that brand so I loved it I, I really love it so it's just it's a little bit crazy but I think I think it works in there as well um I mean I mean not every room can pull off a peacock wallpaper <laughs> but I feel like this does I'm just going to take a break from our chat with Elise Croker to give a special mention to our sponsor for this series of company Lidner Socks which are also based in Crookwall. If you can take a moment just to think about your feet and what socks you're wearing right now. Are your feet cold? Are they sweaty? Are they comfortable? Well, let me tell you that Lidner Socks can completely look after all of these things. Their socks are made on heritage sock making machines and are complete artisan products. They take pride in creating the perfect sock to comfort your foot using natural fibres like wool to make it as comfortable as possible for your foot. To find out more and to see their beautiful array of products, lidnersocks.com.au or at lidnersocks on Instagram. The other thing that I did when I came in here was, um, I was just saying, oh, they're beautiful sconces on the wall and and you said oh I can never guess where they're from tell me about how you collect all your goods <laughs> yeah that's funny so I am always on the hunt for something for a little gem and I find the best gems are in secondhand shops you know from uh, oil paintings to books to um, a bust you know the the sculptures um, so the worst places, the dark and the dingiest places are always, they always come up trump with a, with something great. So I always think if I, if I like it a little bit in this dark, wet, dingy corner, I'll love it in, in our own home because there's just something about it. It just, it just sings to, to me there. And then when you put it into a, find a, a new home for it, it just, it's, it's great. So everywhere you go, are you looking, are you looking? Um, I'm always kind of on the lookout. Um, if we go through a country town or something, I might ask, you know, Craig, we might stop for a coffee and, you know, Craig might order. It might take 10 minutes to order and in that time I'll have quickly have scouted out a second-hand shop yeah. or a Vinnie's and quickly go in in 10 minutes because there's no way Craig and the kids are going to be waiting for me to shop for hours. So if I see it, I'll just buy it straight away. And, I mean, it might only be $10 or something like that. So over the years I've just picked up art and mirrors and vases and just anything that 
takes my fancy and for some reason whenever whenever I bring something home there's always a common thread into the piece of art that I've picked up whether it's um, you know a shade of green in the oil painting or whether it's you know a bit of brass in the um, around the outside it yeah it just always works for some reason what's your home like <laughs> my home um it's cr- it's is it like this um well that's a good question sky too um it's like of course we've got four kids so it's yeah. pretty crazy um but our home is like this a little bit so I've got a dark I've got dark walls I've got um gallery walls as well and I'm always just with blue text like sticking bits of art that the kids bring home from school so it's it's very very messy um the, that wall it's not curated at all but um yeah it's similar I've got a lot of rugs and I've got wooden floors and um we do have a lot of lot of greens I feel like I'm drawn to green a fair bit and it's actually a jungle of plants but I've been um I've been growing these indoor plants in kids bathrooms and and the shower and everywhere they just grow and I've bought them in for here actually so the kids are happy that they they can have some room to move in their bathroom now. <laughs> Don't you think sometimes I walk into our house and I realise that everywhere I look, where my eye is drawn to, there is greenery. Yeah. Do you think why do we do that? I think I think because it's a calming colour. I think because we live in the country and we, we love where we live and every window we look out there's always some type of shade of green whether it's a you know a fresh grass green grass from freshly mown grass or the gum trees or I think it's just a calming color well for me anyway I I really love it yeah it's just so natural green lovers unite yeah Yeah. I love green too yeah Yeah. (laughs) just talking about your home and um the contrast between how you can design a home which is a lived-in space mm. and it's living and evolving, especially when you've got children and changing over time and then also designing an Airbnb, which is a more stagnant space. Mm. What are your, like, approaches to the difference in that? Um, well, at home, obviously, we, yeah, you have to really live in it. So, mm. you know, you've, you've just got all your... Oh, yeah all the kids homework things and all your unopened mail and things like that whereas in a space where people come to um to they come to chill and they come just to rest and so it's probably a little more curated and neutral but you're also removed from the everyday life so you you know you don't see I don't know lots of plastic shampoo bottles or empty you know empty emptied in the bathroom or I don't know coats hanging up and things in the dishwashing rack Mm. yeah that's right yeah yeah Yeah. so I think it's just it's a little bit more of a how we want to live but not actually how we can live so it's not always you know we could really not live somewhere like here because things would get broken there'd be school bags there'd be mud there'd be balls thrown around yeah (laughs) Yeah, totally get it. Um, this isn't your first project. No. Tell me about your first project. Yeah, so our first project is actually on our on our farm, um, El Dorado. So we we'd had been driving past this building um, on our farm 
uh, for years and it was just such an eyesore and I just said to Craig one day, what are we going to do with that? Can we just knock it down, just dig a hole and bulldoze it? I just, I'm so sick of looking at it. It's ugly. And so we thought about it for a while and we went up and actually gave, spent some time up there and looked around and thought, actually, maybe we could, could make this a cool space, you know, a cool place for the kids to hang out. Um, I know that as a kid I would have loved to have had another space away from my parents. Um, so we, yeah, we, we went up there checked it out and chipped away over time just fixing it up and as we spent more time up there we realized that wow these views are pretty cool on top of the hill here and it is off grid and it actually just feels like this sustainable little pod of goodness you know just right on top of the hill and you're very exposed to all the weather conditions so if it's if it's hot you know it's hot if it's if a, if a thunderstorm is coming over you can see the clouds rolling over for kilometres and you know that you know you're going to get hit with a, a storm um so yeah and we decided to just revamp it for family friends kids and then yeah I, I was probably really inspired by Scandinavian farmhouses I saw that they'd be these really cool pods that are sustainable on the side of a cliff and I thought you know what this is kind of like that but we're in Australia and yeah that's that's where my inspo came from and so you said you created it for family basically but it is um it's it's not for family any longer so tell me about how that (laughs) came about yeah so uh, yeah well then I I started thinking well this is really cool like I reckon people might want to actually come and stay out here and it was it was we were probably in the middle of the drought and we felt you know what people probably do want to escape to the country and I decided to put it out there put it on a booking platform and see who who wanted to come and I started an Instagram page for it and had some pics put up and people came out and they started booking and they loved it they they couldn't believe you know the views and and just how simple it was you know there's no fancy mod cons there's no you know there's no tv there's no wi-fi it's nothing fancy it's just plain and simple um but i think it's getting back to nature like every is what people are craving right now mm. how well patronaged is it and also these two like i want to ask you about Obviously, you've taken on a second venture and the success of um, the likes of Airbnb and creating spaces for people to escape to. Yeah. Oh, well, surprisingly, people are just, they love it. They come out and they just, they just chill. People do often ask me, what do they do at El Dorado or what do they do at Mr Munro? But I think they just disconnect. They just want to escape from their busy lives. You know, we've all got a thousand things to do and and we we all just want some sort of disconnection I think that the two places provide that because you know it's a I feel like it's a calming space it's a space I think that people just want to come really and disconnect you know they want to bring their mates and they want to come and have a drink Mm -hmm. and basically when when I think of Mr Munro and El Dorado I've essentially created created a space or a place for 
ourselves like for, for my my friends and I to hang out what we want and where you know what we look for when we go to a place because we're essentially the the target market um, so yeah I just want to I want a place I know when I go somewhere I just want to chill have a few gins sit in front of a fire chat to our chat to the girls you know have cheese and maybe cheese and wine and just yeah just chill out that this space feels so much like that. I just want to sit in front of this fire, read a book, yeah. have a red wine, pour myself a gin from yeah. that little drinks cart over there. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Where on earth does all your creativity come from? You are so very clever in curation. Oh, thanks, Sky. Well, I'm a massive dreamer. I, mm. I love dreaming up ideas and I'm a very visual person, I think. So in my mind... When I go to a place, for example, when, when we came here, when, when we were looking at buying it, I thought I could just see the vision of how I wanted it to be. So it's kind of, sound, probably sounds a little bit woo-woo, but I don't know, I just feel like these, vi- not, not visions, yeah. but like... <laughs> but, but visions. But visions, okay, let's, let's just say visions. I sound crazy. Um, but I just feel like they yeah. sort of come into my mind, like in my in the third eye, and I think, yes, this space will be really amazing. So I, I just always just sort of want to make it over, you know, add green, or I think a light will be great in that corner, or that colour would really work over there, and then I'd put... Um, you know, a drinks trolley in that corner there and then I'd put a lamp here and I won't overly curate any walls. I'll just throw them on and just work work them out as I go. Yeah, um, yeah so that's sort of... Um, so, but was, is any, as you were growing up, um, were your mum or your dad creative or were you, you know, are you all creatives? Yeah. <laughs> probably came naturally starting off in the garden and we uh, I've got a long family family history of gardeners so my nan um she always has a lovely garden wherever she goes and same with my mum and then so my great-grandmother was a florist in Finlay and then my nan used to work in the florist as she was a child so I suppose in the country there's not very many opportunities to be creative as such and I think if anyone is creative, it always starts off in the garden, doesn't it? Because that's the only canvas we have at that time. Love that so much. <laughs> and so tell me about that, how that's influenced you spending time in the garden. And where was this? Did you grow up here? Um, so I, I was born in Denelequin and we lived on a farm at Barubin between Hay and Denelequin. And I started school at Hay. And then uh, my family moved um, about 30 kilometres west of Crookwall to manage a farm. So, yeah, my mum always then had a garden. Every, every place we went, she'd always do up the garden and same with my nan. So essentially, yeah, I feel, I feel like we are all fairly creative. My sister's creative as well. She bakes cakes um, for the local cafe here and, yeah, she's, yeah, she's pretty creative but I feel like, yeah, creativity isn't wasn't always in our in our bones. I suppose that's well, actually maybe well, it wasn't realised. <laughs> yeah, there's no one was actually an artist, but in different ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I think everybody actually has a creative streak. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 
So I said, yeah, so I've only probably just realised this creativity ever since finishing having kids. So our youngest is six and um, I suppose after having kids, you know, you give so much to having babies and feeding and just, you know, the daily grind. Um, and then I really, I've, I've really found a passion in creativity and I, it really fills my cup and I love doing it. Mm. I really love being creative and... I just love the visual aspect, but the feel is, and I think it's mainly the feel is what gets me. I don't, I don't know. I just like transforming a space that feels cold and sterile into something that feels good. And I don't really know how I do it, but I just feel like I can. What is driving all this? What drives you? Um, Well, I think Sky, um, about 10 years ago, my brother died in a car accident and I think after that um, everything changed as anyone would know who's lost someone Um, grief is hard and it really does change your outlook on life so for Craig and I you know we thought life is short and we'll give give it all because we all get to you know, we all get to that finish line at the same time. You know, it's like a 100-metre sprint. We all get there eventually. Some people get there sooner than others. So we'll just give it our best shot in the time we have and, you know, just have a family, live the best you can. Um, and so probably that drives me the most is, you know, do what you love, create what you love and, you know, be kind, I think, because, you know, in... As a nurse as well, you know, you can't take anything with you when you go and the only thing you leave behind is the way you made people feel. Mm. So I really live by that and I, I feel, I f- yeah, I feel like I love giving back to the community and giving back to people in general because, you know, you just never know how long you have, you know what I mean? Mm. It's so, that's, that's our main, that's my main drive I think that's what gets me up out of bed every day is to do things I love and make people feel good yeah Yeah. and one day you'll take all your kids on that walk in the UK I know is that definitely going to (laughs) happen well it will happen but do we have to take the kids can Craig and I just go by ourselves yeah (laughs) I think by that time we would have done all the hard yards the kids should be old enough to look after themselves we'll leave them home on the farm and um and Craig and I will just go and I'll be able to drink all the gin (laughs) and Craig will be able to look at all the dirt and all the pasture and and probably the lambs that need marking and all of that (laughs) but um that's the plan that's 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 our end goal we'd love to do that so yeah hopefully we can (laughs) so good um I'm interested to know just talking about how your ideas all come together do you do you scrapbook do you write things down or is it all in your mind um it's all in my mind actually Sky (laughs) so amazing um no it's not because see my mind is so full it's um it's just overflowing with with crazy ideas um, have you ever done that Myers-Briggs personality test? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> I just recently did that and it's I don't, ENFP or something. So Yeah, I think I might be the same. Well, I just found an old one from year 12. Yeah, so, nice. yeah, it's funny, isn't it? So I read that and I can really relate. So then there is, I think, with every personality, 
um, trait, there is a prayer or something with it. And the prayer was, dear Lord, please let me. Oh, look, there's a squirrel. Think of one thing at a time. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. That is, and that is so me. So, so it's crazy. So I have a lot going on in my mind. But honestly, with all my ideas, they... Every night I have a bath and that is where all my ideas come from. So I run the bath, I put oils in or whatever it is, make a cup of herbal tea, sit in the bath and then I just I start thinking about places I want to go or places I've been, um, stories that inspire me or anything, any, any book that I've read and then I get on Pinterest and I go down a rabbit hole of, you know... Um, say the muse in London and like I love the cobblestone streets and I love that you know the they were stables and I the coach lights and then the the gardens that they grow out the front of them so I just go down this big rabbit hole of inspo that really inspires me um and I think there is a common thread of the UK which is really strange but then saying that my my grandfather is English so that's probably where that comes from and the other thing is that this isn't even your day job, <laughs> is yeah, it? No, it's not my day job. I'm actually a nurse, Sky. Um, I work at our little local hospital um, in emergency and it's, yeah, it's a great place to work and I, I've always felt a pull to be a nurse. When I was younger, probably about 14, I, I felt like nursing was something kind of in my like in my blood that I couldn't um that I you know that I couldn't hold back I've really felt the need to help people especially vulnerable people sick people um and uh, so after after school I went and studied nursing and I feel like nursing probably helps me in this in the creative area in a sense which sounds kind of strange because nursing is so scientific and creativity is you know, it's just sort of not, you know. So um, I feel, you know, the nurturing side of nursing really helps with the create the creating a space, you know, that needs to be brought back to life. Um, a space in, you know, for example, this old building just needed some love and just to be nurtured. And I feel like it's not too dissimilar to nursing, actually. It's, um, it's you know, healing and giving life back to something that's in need of it. Yeah. And also, you're a mum of four kids as well, so I suppose that is a little bit yeah. interconnected too. Well, that's true. Yes, that's right. Exactly. I mean, that's just never-ending nurse, uh, nurturing, isn't it? <laughs> and nursing sometimes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, all the kids are in primary school, um, four of them in primary school, which is amazing. Um, because for so long we had so many little kids and there was never a time really for me to get into any creativity or actually really even know what I wanted to do. I mean, I always nursed in between having children, um, but now I've found this new sense of creative freedom and it's, it's really great. You know, the kids are older now and gives me that bit of extra space and time and and also then nursing just allows that scientific side to come through as well and I feel in my life balance I I think you know if I'm nursing 40% of the time and creating 60% of the time I feel like that's probably a quite a good balance for me yeah yeah 
it's so structured for how unstructured you are. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Sky. I'm the most unstructured person. I know. It, that is so true. Um, I, sorry, I don't mean that in no, a bad no, way. No, I am. I am. I, I know. I'm all over the place, honestly. Like, I'm not a planner at all. I don't plan. I don't... Well, I, I am and I am not, I suppose. I don't plan what's in the kids' school lunchboxes. I don't plan. I don't know what I'm doing next week. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. Um, but then in for long term, I think I do plan. Um, I, you know, needing, obviously had to plan to, to revamp this building. Um, but I've got all sorts of long term plans. Like I'd love to walk um, from when the kids are older, Craig and I could walk from the White Cliffs of Dover to Land's End and just look at all the the history and the castles and the churches and Craig would look at the pasture and the soil and like we just stop at a pub every night mm. you know I think so long term like long term I, I've got that goal um I'd also I'd also like to um join a band you know the you know those old um old time bands that play in the halls yeah I'd yeah. like to play the spoons I want to learn the spoons <laughs> that's what I would really love to do that's so good. I, I don't know. I don't know how to play the spoons, but I think that I could probably try and learn. But wouldn't that? I'm be sure fun? someone could help you. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be really fun. So, so yeah. So that's pretty unstructured. Yeah. <laughs> and how does Craig fall into all of this? Is he? Yeah. Does he just stick on the farm? So Craig is actually. You would never think that he's actually is creative in his own sense. Um, so we do make a really good team. So Craig. Craig is brilliant at problem solving. So as far as life, but also in design and building, you know, say something doesn't fit in a particular corner and I can't see any way out of it, he can somehow just rejig it, move it around and and then that fits in that structural sense and then I come and make it pretty. <laughs> so he, yeah, Craig does love building and... Um, and being being a farmer, you know, most farmers are pretty handy too. Yeah. Um, so he gets a fair bit of satisfaction out of this as well, which is great. How does he find time? Yeah, well, that's – yeah, both of us, yeah. Well, that's it. Oh, gosh, well, it is hard to try and get across everything, isn't it? Um, I outsource as much as I can when I can. So, for example, we had a deadline to finish Mr Munro and I just could – like we had to work around the clock to get it done um so I outsourced the kids to a friend <laughs> so she was so kind they took the kids um and we've got family and, and good friends around here too so I do outsource things where I can just to try and make some time but that's it like sometimes every minute is accounted for um just to try and get it all done yeah yeah but tell me about I um the other thing that I haven't asked you about yet is I'm a big fan of people's daily routines. Yeah. Do you do you have one? Are you a morning person or an evening person? Um, I'm definitely not a morning person, Sky. <laughs> oh gosh. Either. Yeah. So I'm coming to. I'm just in such denial about it. Yeah. Yes. I tried so hard to be a morning person. I thought that having kids would. Um, I thought that would snap me out of like not being a morning person, but no. So I'm definitely a night owl. Um, about nine o'clock at night when everything's done, kids are asleep, that's when I hit my straps. That's when, 
all this creativity comes to me I'm like yes I can you know the world is my oyster like all these things just are coming to me I'm like reading books or I'm looking you know on Pinterest or I'm reading different design articles and I'm just yeah I'm just collaborating all of these ideas into one one place so that's I'm definitely in a a night owl for sure Yeah. yeah how about the community of Crookwell how receptive has it been to ventures like this really really receptive um everyone has been so supportive everyone's taken such an interest in the restoration of this building um it's it's really it's been a great they've been a great support and I do get a lot out of the the community involvement uh, we had all local tradies working on this building which feels so good just to keep it very local um, and I think people are excited. They're excited to see that an old building has been brought back to life in, in the main street of Crookwell and it just feels good. You know, I feel like this building is happy. It's finally thawing out after years of being cold and it's just, yeah, I, I think, yeah, the community is behind it and they've been really supportive for us, which is great. And the streetscape of Crookwell is changing, isn't it? It is. It is changing, yeah. Crookwell's a great place. And we do see so many new faces around. People are coming and realising that, you know, their regional towns have got a lot going on. You know, there's great cafes and there's great pubs and places to stay. And it's, it's really cool. It's, and it's bringing vibrancy and creativity to the town. So what's next? <laughs> yes, what's next? Oh, gosh, I would love to... What I would love to do is a wine bar, restaurant, something that's moody and dark and like a gin bar or something like that. I think that would be really cool just to get those old world vibes again, um, that sort of feeling of cosying, sort of cocooning, a place to retreat to. Um, that's that's one idea. Another idea I'd love to do like an, like an old school adventure like a hunting lodge ski lodge type thing that I think that would be really cool like with retro and vintage uh, wooden skis and fishing rods and bikes and something something that's sort of outdoorsy and active that really that really takes in where we are you know it takes in the country life and the fresh air and the the health and fitness side but not um, yeah but not excluding any sort of luxury I think Yes. How exciting. I think you're such a talent. I can't wait to see what you do next. Will you travel? Do you yeah. do you want to get outside of the local area or are you keen to keep it to keep it here? Oh, I'm I'm open for all opportunities, guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm just happy to be I'd be creative anywhere. I'd love to. I'd love to try. Give anything a try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and where do we f- where do we find you? So, obviously Mr. Munro is Open for business now, is yes, it? Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. People have been coming weekends mainly, and then um, a few guests have been staying through the week. I think they just want to get out of Sydney or Canberra, or they just want to come and stay in the bush. Um, and I think the great thing um, that staying in the bush has really helped us out big time, El Dorado and Mr. Munro. Um, firstly it was the drought that stay in the bush really helped and then now on the back of COVID and um, what stay in the bush have done for um, regional businesses and in, in the local economy is fantastic so I really feel like you know guests come here and then they go and 
pay a visit to the butcher and then they go to IGA and then, you know, they just wander around because they feel good and they, they think, oh, you know, I might, I'll go to the homeware store and buy something just as a memento of where they are because they feel so good in the country. So I think it's really given the local economy a boost. Isn't Elise such a talent? I was completely blown away by what she's been able to create out of fairly, fairly basic and normal roots. You can check her out on Instagram at El Dorado Cottage or at Mr Munro. And hopefully you can make the trip to Crookwall to stay in her latest project. And then you can actually pop across the road to Lydna Socks. They're virtually neighbours. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Company. I'll be back with you next week with another story.